they're very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. What's going on, guys, and welcome to the 24th episode. But also, this is a part two for This is Creepy. And on this episode, we're going to be sharing a lot of listener stories and things. I may even share a few stories myself. We'll. Guess we'll decide when we decide, but you know, one thing about this episode that I absolutely love, and this is my favorite, this is doing this, I mean, you know, doing these, this series, um, this is creepy. Um, uh, it's what it's because I get, you know, I get listener stories and things like that, and that to me is, you know, so much fun. But, uh, I didn't even, I don't think I even introed myself. Welcome to the War Cry podcast. I'm your host, Yehola Tiger. Okay, now put that. You know, now put everything I just said before that behind it. <laughs> I'm rushing it. No, but I absolutely love this this uh, series because I get listener stories, and these you know these are from people in all walks of life. You know, different types of stories. You know, I think I got some native. Um, I got uh, you know a few kind of maybe demon stories. I guess you call you know on this episode and. And then we got a, a, you know, we got some Bigfoot, possible Bigfoot, um, and we also have a shadow person. So we got a few things lined up on this episode, and I appreciate everybody that listens. We're almost at 5K in, to- in total audio listens, so to me that's amazing. You know, to hit almost, you know, to almost hit 5K. Um, honestly, I don't. I still am kind of in amazement. Um, that you guys listen to the podcast, you know, I've had so many people reach out over the course of um, the last two weeks because um, we had no episode the last last week. So, um, but I appreciate it so much, and um, let's get this show on the road. Uh, this story is about a time when I was a dialysis technician working at a clinic in Midwest City. I had a friend that I actually went to school with and grew up with that was a patient at this clinic I worked at. He was a real good guy, you know, me and him would always talk and have a good time, you know, just try to make the treatment go a little easier. Well, this particular day, one of my coworkers, I don't think I'm gonna name any names, but one of my coworkers, a young lady, she was the one that connected him to the dialysis machine and got him started on his treatment. She goes to break, and I'm kind of monitoring her patients and my patients because, you know, we're on the same side of the room. So after about, oh, maybe five minutes of my friend that I grew up with on this machine doing his treatment, he kind of starts yelling my name and, you know, is hollering for me to come over there to him because he doesn't feel right. So I go over to him, and I'm checking, you know, settings on the machine i'm just you know kind of going over everything making sure everything is done properly so as i'm doing all that he keeps telling me he feels like something is standing on his chest or something is choking him typically when you have that happen you know that's a sign of the machines just pulling you know the excess fluid off your body a little too hard and you need to back it off but you know his machine wasn't really set that high in my opinion plus he hadn't been on there long enough to have a problem So I'm sitting there talking to him, you know, trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. And 
all of a sudden I feel like this push in my back. And I look around and there's nobody around me. And I get pushed again. And I look around and I'm like, what the hell? There's nothing around me. And it was a push. I mean, like I could feel hands pushing me. Freak me out. So when this happens, my buddy, his head's back. His eyes are kind of in his, rolled back in his head. He's talking in tongues. And I'm sitting there looking dumbfounded. And I look across the room and I see like a little, probably four foot tall, kind of clear, see-through looking entity running out of the front door to the clinic. When it runs out the door, my manager comes out and she immediately says, hey, is everything okay? Something ain't right. And I'm still sitting here looking crazy. (laughs) And shortly after, you know, my phone in my pocket goes off and it's my pastor. And he calls and leaves a message saying, hey, man, I felt in my spirit, you know, that I needed to pray for you. And he did like a little prayer on the message or whatever and, you know, left it at that. And I tell you what, that really messed me up. You know, I was kind of into church back then and I was one of the kind of people that always wanted to read about spiritual warfare and stuff like that. So uh, it was very interesting. But I tell you what, I got some holy oil and prayed on it. And the next day I came in, man, I was putting oil on coffee pots and door handles and people's lockers. And (laughs) that particular person that put him on that machine that day, she didn't like it too much. It kind of uh, offended her. She was in a real rare you know, mood when she came in that next morning, I guess whatever I did worked. <laughs> Plus I had some of the old timers that were real into church, you know, they all were kind of praying and, you know, doing things spiritually like that. And that's probably one of the wildest stories I've ever encountered, well, ever had as far as my encounters go. I've got a couple more I may share with you sometime. Talk to you again, man. Appreciate you. Man, wow. You know, that's one thing about, you know, this you know, this series, man. You you just get some some stories who, you know, kind of unexplained, but you know, AJ, I appreciate him sharing his stories. He's he has shared a few other stories with me um as well, and I'm going to share those too. Uh, he didn't voice record it, but he said that that one was kind of a, a longer story, but you know, I appreciate people that send in their stories. Um you know, that to me, that's like the coolest thing ever because, you know, you hear things like that, you know, the the four foot tall kind of, I would say, humanoid type, you know, entity or being and, you know, that's one thing that's just kind of crazy, but I appreciate him sharing his story and I'm going to share a few more from him. Um, and so one thing that, um, you know, he had brought up you know, it's an idea, but, you know, there's always, there's this, I wouldn't say constant battle, but I would say there were, there's some type of sort of, um, separation of, of, uh, medicine or, or native magic in, in church. And he asked me to kind of speak on this and, you know, I'm, I'm by no means an expert in this because I, you know, I don't, I don't practice, but, you know, one thing that's always been said, and I've, I've talked to some church people who are, uh, I'd say, you know, on more of, like, I guess more of the 
you know, the side of, of church, or, you know, more church, and they, they believe in these things, but there's, they're like really hardcore church-going people, and, and I've talked to different people from, you know, different, different, uh, ethnicities when it comes to that, and, you know, I've spoke, I've spoken with some Hispanic people who believe, you know, when, you know, they talk about their witches and their things like that, you know, they get real kind of spooked about that, um, but, and, you know, one thing that you mixing these mixing those things can cause you know any type of and I'm trying to be careful <laughs> trying to be careful saying but they just call they they can cause things to go the other way or not be exactly as you intended uh when you're doing those things but you know I used to I had a family member uh who you know their grandpa was did both and they'd always, or uh, they'd always tell stories about, you know, kind of laughing about it. That you know, he always got to places quicker than, uh, quicker than them. And they were in a car, and he was like, you know, they'd be, hey, let me get you, let me get you a ride, you know. Uh, it's a, you know, get you there quick. You know, we're leaving early, and he'd go, no, nah, I'm all right. And you know, they'd, uh, they'd get their way, you know, get going to the church, and he's already there. He had no car. You know, so those, those, those things are out there, and I'm always real respectful of you know those things. But I know that there are, can be some consequences or you know things done, you know, to those that mix those things. And I was talking to a guy who's a non-native, and he was talking about like the new age witchcraft that's going on in certain areas, and um, you know, he said that that's a constant battle with that because people think people want instant gratification on things that are supposed to become naturally or they're supposed to become, you know, uh, like I want to say animal world, but like, you know, animal world, like, you know, survival of the fittest, but things are, things are supposed to happen how they're supposed to happen in, in terms of biology and things like that. And this stuff is these new age type of magic or like, I don't know really what it's called, but, um, but the Russian processes in life and, yeah, you know, I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, getting that kind, of, getting that point of view from from someone who's non a non native, but you know, there's a, those things out there. You know, that are that people use, and I just thought it was really interesting. Um, so hopefully, uh, AJ, that addresses your, you know, kind of me talking about that just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so next story I'm going to tell you about comes out of uh, uh, kind of the Clearview area. Um, and this is from AJ as well. And he, his email goes, I have a cousin that moved from Oklahoma City to Clearview. Um, and this was back in the late 90s. He moved into an area the locals called the Bottoms. Uh, he says that Bigfoot was always lurking around, messing with his animals. And so he decided to shoot it. And I can't remember in the email, he's, you know, so he can't remember exactly what the caliber um, he used to shoot the that his cousin used to shoot this bigfoot uh but he said it went down screaming and crazy and jumped took off into the woods and we just went crazy in the woods um but he said later that uh, later that night it came back and tore up the barn fence and his kid's swing set um he said he twisted the legs you know he basically this thing just went crazy all over their property and their and their stuff it really messed with his cousin um, but he said that the, that no one around him believed Bigfoot would tore up his property. And so he moved away into, a, in, into the town of Clearview and he really swore it happened. So 
you know, we always hear that in, you know, different, you know, communities in the Bigfoot community. I know, like, there's a lot of people to say, if you shoot these things, they will come back with a vengeance if you don't kill it. But, you know, one thing that, you know, I've heard just in, like I said, the community that, you know, people always talking about is, you know, these things don't come in ones. They don't come, like, by themselves. It's always, like, kind of in a, a family group or I don't really know what, it's, what I would call it. Um, but they do come out, come back and they do have, you know, kind of emotions and, you know, that goes back to kind of talking about Bigfoot being kind of a clan or a tribe, you know, they, they don't, they don't run in ones, you know, so that's a real interesting story that his, his cousin shot that. And next story that he has for, uh, for us is, um, and this comes from, uh, his grandfather, um, so his grandfather passed away in the house and all the pictures on the walls would always turn sideways. And he said you could hear footsteps running across the roof, uh, but no one was found on the roof or outside the house. We'd always straighten all the, the pictures back to normal, and they turned sideways again. Another cousin said that they were on the back porch uh, standing you know, by a well that was on the property, and they seen this massive owl flying through the night sky right towards them. As it got closer, it just disappeared right in front of her. The back of the house was kind of high off the ground, and there was an underground uh, stream that ran under the property and, you know, had some of the best water you could ever drink. Well, the well had a really long chain on a bucket that went really deep down, about 15 to 20 feet down. So you can imagine how high, you know, his cousin, you know, was on that back porch when she saw that owl. Another time, another cousin was on the back porch, and this old car came barreling through the woods towards the back of the house. And when it got close, it just disappeared. Um, there was an old burial ground literally down the street from his grandparents' house. My mom told me a story uh, of how they were always told to be home by dark. One night when they were late getting in, they'd walk past the burial ground. Uh, and they were chased by what they were called the Hanks. And... I know, like, you know, Skilly, things like that, uh, I think is kind of, but she said they ran real so fast, and I guess, uh, I guess he said that the Haints, Haints is kind of what they kind of call it, um, but I think he, he misspelled it here, but anyways, um, but they're called Haints, or, you know, Skilly, or uh, Honka, or, you know, however you, your people, just, you know, they just decide to call it. Um, last story here from, uh, from AJ, um, when his grandfather, like I said, uh, he was told when his grandfather had passed, an old mangy-looking dog showed up, and it wouldn't leave. So one of the cousins grabbed a shotgun and shot it. They said it was hit with buckshot, went down like it was dead, and then got up and walked around the house like nothing happened. They said that it was bloody and couldn't understand how it survived. They claimed that the same mangy dog kept coming around and was shot three more times at close range. It wouldn't die. After a while, they never saw it again and never knew why it wouldn't die. Um, but they thought, it, you know, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't call it a spirit. Um, but they also didn't like talking about those things. Man, those are some pretty good stories from from AJ, and I appreciate him sharing those. Um, you know, a, a similar story that I've told in the past. You know, when it comes to those types of. Uh, you know, when you got a, a relative pass or, you know, someone that, you know, family's, um, you know, going to pass, you know, you, you always get visits from things. And, you know, I've heard stories of, 
um, you know, getting a phone call from a from a relative who had already passed, but they're calling you to let you know that they're going to be all right. And you know, to me, that's those are I'm, to kind of reference um, another podcast, but rest scares. Um, Dono, he shared a story. You know, like I said, I mentioned on a prior episode. But that's what that reminds me of, you know, those sweet, those sweet scares, those nice scares, you know. And so I appreciate AJ sharing those stories. Um, man, those are, those are some pretty good stories there. Next story I got for you guys. So this comes out of Garfield County, uh, Oklahoma in the late 70s. Um, and this was sent to me, and I think she wanted to be remain or she wanted to remain anonymous, but um, this story was sent, like I said, in the 70s when, uh, when she was 10 years old. So one night, uh, her and her siblings um, were walking down a railroad track, or railroad track, gravel part of the railroad track. Um, and they had been walking there for, you know, quite a while, and they're kind of making their way down. And, you know, you know, after a few minutes, they started hearing footsteps, like that gravel-type footstep kind of. And... She suddenly turned around and looked, and there was nothing there. Um, and she looked all the way down, all the, all the way down the track, and couldn't see anything. Kept going, and eventually, she thought that she saw a tall, dark, you know, shadow-type man that was dashing behind the trees, following him. And she looked several times back, you know, thinking it was a man that was, you know, messing with them or kind of, but he kept. The dark shadow kept peeking out from behind, you know, a tree that was next to the to the railroad track behind them, and so they would walk, and then after a few minutes, they'd you know they'd stop and they'd hear those footsteps again, and she you know she writes you know these were unmistakable footsteps, um, and saw nothing, you know, quoted as saying you know basically one of the most ter- terrifying you know experiences she's had, because literally you know they. She was thinking it was a part of her imagination. You know, as being a little kid, you know, always kind of thinking that you have, you know, you know, you think you see something when you, you know, maybe not, may not be something. But, you know, a couple hundred feet down, like I said, she, they heard those footsteps, you know, behind them. And they stopped and they literally, you know, what, you know, how it was described is they would literally take those steps, purposely step, walking, and then stop. And then it would still kind of, you'd hear it, you know, taking additional steps. Um, and by that time, it, you know, it was over, it was right behind them and they looked and there was nothing there. You know, they ended up running home scared, but I appreciate you sharing that story. You know, that's one thing, you know, you always have grandparents, parents on saying, you better get home before dark. You know, you know, you don't know what's going to be out there. And that's a, a pretty good example of that. And, you know, that's, that's a great story. Because, you know, you don't really know what it was. And, you know, it might have been a shadow person or could have been a Bigfoot. Or, uh, but I appreciate you sharing that story. Um, and uh, we're moving on to the next one. Wow. You know, the shadow people, you just you really, truly never know, you know, what it could have been. But, you know, that's real. I appreciate uh, uh, that person sharing that story to me. Especially, you know, I don't really hear anything out of Garfield County. I honestly don't even know where that's at. I'm thinking about it as I'm looking at uh kind of the you know map i'm like man that's kind of kind of a place i've never been before but so i appreciate that story so this next story uh that i'm going to tell you know has been partially shared i believe um unsolved mysteries of the reservation 
Um, I was going to share this story on there. We had, I think we had some issues or technical issues and it just, it, it was a mess. And so I don't think that's, this story has ever been, you know, publicly t- uh, told. Um, but, you know, this story comes out of um, Jones, Jones area. And this person, and this person uh, is Kickapoo. And so um, basically it was taken between Jones and Hare along the North Canadian River. And this is, uh, this is, I'm going to tell exactly how this person told it to me. And so, here we go. Uh, in July 2019, uh, two friends and I decided to go ghost hunting. Uh, we were just bored. So I left Norman, picked my friends up in Tecumseh, and headed towards Jones. One of my friends grew up, uh, grew out there, grew up out there and, and had a lot of ghost stories, sightings, and, you know, all types of things going on. Nothing happened. Side note. Uh, we were parked by the school where the boy, so I guess the side note is, so there was a documentary that came out, uh, that I had mentioned about the girl in the picture and it has some locations here in Oklahoma. Well, they had parked next to the school where this boy was kidnapped. Um, and I cannot for the life of me, I think it's, yeah, it's in Jones, but I can't remember the name of that school. Anyways. Uh, but her friend remembers, uh, you know, remembers the kid going missing and that when they grew up out there, um, there's this old brick building that they said that a witch lived in there. Uh, but she said they, you know, she was uh, stealing the kids, which is kind of interesting. But anyways, um, so nothing happened out there. So they drove further down the dirt road um, because they were so close to the river. And her friend asked if we wanted to go down there. And, you know, of course they did. So we parked the car and ended up walking through the trees and grass. It was summertime, and I remember it was such a nice night, full moon, and there wasn't really a breeze um, that I could remember while we were walking down to the river. When we got closer to the river, I walked down from the neighbor or from the my friends uh, just to enjoy the night, just to enjoy the night and the sounds. Out of nowhere, uh, one of my friends then yells at us to come look. She had her phone flashlight on and was looking at the sand. I thought she was going to show us a dead fish or something, uh, but it was crazy. But it was a crazy looking print. At first, she, she I thought she made like made the print, uh, and then I thought maybe somebody was down here before, jumped down, you know, and made like a you know a sliding print to make a big print. But I remember the first print was odd looking. Behind it, uh, behind the hill, it had imprints of. What I now believe was wet hair dragging. I don't know well how else to describe it. It just looked odd. Then she walked closer up to the actual river and she found another one. This time, uh, uh, this time of the, of the other foot, it was more prominent. You could actually see the toes and the outline of the print, and it was so clear. My friend, who wore men's 13, put his foot against the print, and his foot looked so small compared to this print. It looked like this thing had walked straight into the water, probably crossed the water, but the bugs were making so much noise, so I don't think uh, he was anywhere near us. And that's one thing they say, too, is like when that when Sasquatch is around, Bigfoot, the entire everything goes quiet because the apex predators there. So that's interesting. So, um, so my friend and I are looking at the print, and we start taking pictures of it. One of my friends swipes his finger in the print. We freak out and ask, what are you doing? He said, I don't know. I, I just see uh, <laughs> just see how they do it in the shows. When he lifted his finger from the print, 
she had our she had our flash or our flashlights on his finger, and there was reddish like strands of reddish hair. He quickly dusted his hands off, and we decided it was time to get out of there. We climb up out of the riverbank and start making our way back to the road to the car. Our friend, uh, our guy friend, was out in front, and my friend and I were in the back. I remember hearing voices slash murmuring, and I didn't think much of it. Uh, since there was houses, you know, out there, it was almost 5 a.m. So I thought people were leaving for work. As soon as I, th- as soon as I thought these thoughts, my friend comes in behind me and grabs me, whispers frantically, frantically, "Go, go, 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 go! There's something, there's something behind me. Don't look, just go." And of course, I had to look at my side, and there was something in the grass moving. She said something had gone behind her, so we stopped walking. My other friend just kept walking, walking along like nothing. My friend and I just stopped because these things were in the grass, running and hopping. At first, I thought these were rabbits, but then I, but then they stood up and started running. Man, I was gonna freak out because I, I knew what I was looking at. LP. Ooh, I got goosebumps after that. Um, golly. So, so they get just far enough away from us, and that my friend and I start walking. We see them run across the road in front of uh, in front of you know our other friend. Then both of us make our way back to the car, and the other friend is walking around the car, inspecting it. We left drinks and our windows down, <laughs> and I kept watching these things running across the field into the dark. Man, I was terrified. Well, we got out of the area and didn't talk about it until we got back into the lights of Shawnee. Turns out our friend didn't even see our the male friend didn't even see the LPs running by him. I was yeah, I was wondering what that was about. For a long time, I wondered why we saw that and why there. The location we were at is actually a place where they, we do a lot of, of our ceremonies and have dances. So there's a lot of energy around there. I don't know if we disturbed it that night or what. I started to feel bad, like we did something wrong. So, pretty sure I you know I mentioned uh, before the issue. So. The issues, so I had, like I said, I had talked to this person and, and we had talked about how they took pictures and basically the phone that they, they t- that she took pictures with disappeared for like years. Um, and she was always, you know, she joked around that basically the men in black took my phone or maybe it was the LPs and that we were, uh, you know, for whatever reason, um, but she hadn't really told a lot of people about, you know, that, you know, that that happened. Um, but it's very strange. Then one day she, I think she, uh, she went and looked at it or went and looked in the drawer that it was supposed to be in and it was there. So that, so that's a pretty wicked story. You know, um, I got goosebumps in the middle of that. I had to stop, you know, I, obviously you guys heard that, but like, man, that's a, that, that's to me one of my favorite stories I've heard, you know, and, and it was, it's pretty wicked because, you know, I asked later on kind of, you know, what they, what it looked like. And she said that she honestly thought it was a rabbit. My logical brain said rabbit, and they were hopping and stood up, and they took off on two legs. And then when they crossed the pavement, I focused my eyes to try to get a better look, and they were definitely on two legs. I even asked the other ones if there's any small critters that ran on two feet. And uh, I asked basically how high and they, or how tall, and they said two to three feet. Um, and then, she, you know, more background to the story, you know, where that's at, you know, is, is located right off that river. Um, there's a lot of houses around this place, too. So... That's a pretty crazy story, and I appreciate this person, um, you know, sharing this story because that's a, 
you know, for you to go to, for them to go to see, you know, basically Bigfoot hairs, reddish Bigfoot hairs, to then see an LP, man, you must have been, you must have been out there wilding out, had all the spirits, you know, <laughs> going crazy, but, um, I appreciate you telling that story. Uh, that's a, that's a great story. I really do appreciate it. Man, we've had some pretty wicked stories told. Like I said, I've had been kind of holding, people have been kind of sharing these stories and, and, you know, man, that's just, they got some great stories and I appreciate everyone that shared, but we're not done yet. We're not done. So you guys started hearing, I appreciate you. When you hear for appreciate for me, I'm trying to get out the conversation. I'm trying to leave. I'm trying to get out of here, but we're not done yet. Got, got a few more to go. Okay. And I appreciate everybody that's, uh, that's been hanging on because this next one, um, happened back in 2003 um back in 2003 when my son was about three or four months old my mom and my cousin was babysitting for me my room was one uh one of the back bedrooms and the crib was there with the baby monitor uh and then we had the other monitor in the living room well my mom had put my son in the crib to sleep well it wasn't long after my mom had laid my son down when both her and my cousin Hear what it sounded like an old lady talking directly into the baby monitor, which was on top of the corner next to my son's head. It was whispering, but she couldn't make out what she was saying. So she freaked out, ran back into the my ran back into the room, and there was no one there. She was freaked out and grabbed my son. When I got home, he was laying next to her where she was sitting next when she was sitting on the couch. She told me what happened, and we never let my son sleep alone or kept him in the room in the back room alone after that. The crazy part is, is sometime later, uh, my mom had seen an old native woman walk into their, to their closet when they were sleeping. My, uh, my mom didn't know if it was real or if she was dreaming. Man, that's crazy. Uh, whew, man, yeah, you know, when it comes to them kids, man, you know, it's always got to make sure we protect them. But I asked this question, you know, I've asked it kind of in private, but why do ghosts always be hanging out in closets? Like, they just be hanging out just for no reason, just... You know, scaring everybody, making everybody scared. Um, but man, I appreciate that story, man. Like a lot of these stories, you know, they're giving me goosebumps, and I hope, you know, I hope it's giving you goosebumps too. And like I said, we're not done. There's plenty more to go. On to the next one. This next story, you know, it comes from the Cherokee Nation Res, and this story was told uh, by Mr. Jared Davis. Jared, he's been. Um, He's been featured on OCO TV. Uh, I would call him world famous with the hog meat. He'd be frying that hog meat up. Uh, but he told me two stories that I thought were really, really kind of creepy. And so one night he was playing marbles with, with an older gentleman and himself. And uh, the, or well, it was him and an older gentleman, uh, and they were playing. And there was a few other people playing too. Seems like, but they tried to hit this marble to keep him from winning. And they both missed, and their marbles went on, you know, towards the road in the directions of the of the school of the Owen School. And as they were headed, um, you know, to get their marbles, they both at the same time simultaneously looked at the school and seen a black figure standing in the window. And it slowly turned away to go back in. We both turned to each other and asked, "Did you see that?" Afterwards, I faced I faced my vehicle to the school, and one of the guys uh, walked over to the building and looked in and said, "No, there ain't nothing in there. Doors were locked." But he's playing marbles at all times of the night, sound like. Be out there in the dark with the with the skillies. That's what he'd be doing. But he also told this other story I thought was kind of crazy, too. Um, so one night he, had, he was, uh, you know, he was playing real late into the night. 
And you know, everybody that was playing, you know, said that they saw a three foot owl standing by hole five, just watching them play real late at night. Um, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, y'all must have had a, or I basically told him, you know, might have had a good game going, you know. And, you know, one thing about these three, three foot owls, these tall owls, is they try to steal your marbles, your Cherokee marbles strategy. No. <laughs> But he said it was dark colored and it just basically, he walked towards it uh, and it turned around and started walking away. And then finally it flew. And then this dude's crazy. He tried to catch it. <laughs> but, you know, he has, he, he's had multiple, you know, he, he has heard, you know, stories over the years of people trying to catch these shifters or these sayings that, you know, can do these things, or the people that can do these things uh, while they're dreaming. And I thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I believe in, you know, kind of that lucid dreaming. Um, but you know, every time that, you know, they try to, uh, get a hold of it, uh, basically, you know, until the lights turned on, you know, they wake up after the struggle and with only feathers in their hands. And so that's pretty crazy. You know, I appreciate him sharing those two stories are pretty quick stories, but you know, I know he's got more and I'm waiting on him because I know he's got some family members who worked over there at the heritage center. So I appreciate Jared, you sharing that, those, those two stories, um, man, those are, those, those are, you know, be playing marbles at night, man. We getting took. No. This next story, um, comes out of the Ozarks, uh, out in Missouri. You know, this story was sent to me. Uh, like I said, I'm going to keep this person anonymous. A lot of these people, like I said, you can, that's one thing about this. You can remain anonymous. You know, the stories are, the stories are going to be the story. So I appreciate this person sharing the story. So, um, my family has had uh, has had a cabin in the Ozarks in, in Missouri for a long time, and I would spend weeks down there with my grandparents. When I was about five, I was picking blueberries along a path. It was only about 50 feet from the cabin, but I noticed something moving uphill. It was behind a tree, but it kind of stuck out on both sides, and it was really hairy. The face was, was human, but with bushy eyebrows, but not really any other hair that I could see. The skin was like a basically like a sun, kind of a bronze, brown type of skin. I think when I walked um, to another tree, it blocked its view, and it was trying to see what I was up to. If it didn't keep moving, its head and shoulders from one side to, there was, uh, if it didn't keep moving, its head and shoulders from one side of the tree to the other, I don't think I would have noticed it. I went to the other side of the path and got behind a really big oak tree, and then peeked out at it. My grandma called me, and when I looked back, it was gone. A lot of the property was surrounded by a lot of extended family, and often they invited their friends to hunt. It was unusual because no one uh, should be near the cabins. Some of the guys had some really strange hunting outfits, uh, so I just had to put it down as it being a, hunt- being a hunter uh, since I had uh, since I saw it uh, had hands. About a week or two later. Uh, my mom's cousin was on the hill playing uh, horsey with his toddler, uh, or was 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 playing horsey with his toddler uh, on his shoulders, and he was about six eight to six seven, so he was a tall dude. And went by the spot where this thing was. He would have needed at least another toddler on top of his head to come close to how tall the creature was. I used to run around the woods there and return when my mom, when my grandmother called me. Once she was in, she was in town, fifteen miles away, and I even heard her call me after she had passed. Kind of funny. 
that it was probably a Bigfoot because my ventures were always looking for billy goats that had died out in the late 40s to early 50s in that area. How other strange things uh, go on? My grandpa would take his kids uh, to the river to tire us out, and we would play for hours on the gravel bar. Once we had been out there early in the day and came back after lunch to find a, a, a to find a large tree sticking out into the water where we had been playing. It had a huge chunk of concrete on it, and where we went to uh, went to look there was a doe pinned under the trunk, so it was submerged. No concrete for hundreds of feet. Uh, and that was part of a low water bridge. Also, the, the island gravel bar was all scrub brush, so I had no idea how big the tree got there, or how that big tree got there, uh, but my grandpa had us leave right away. My, my uncle also had some property several miles down the road, and I would mow the fence line in the orchard on a small riding lawnmower while my grandpa would go around digging out any thistles so the rest of the field could be brush hawked. It was supposed to be over a hundred or so that day, and so we got early start around daybreak. I kept getting hit by acorns and pine cones, and just figured out he was messing with me. But I saw him in the middle of the road, or I saw him in the middle of the field, and this was in the middle of nowhere. So you had to cross several cattle gates and two long fences to get to where I was. No pine trees in that area, so no idea where pine cones came from, but had several really good-sized bruises from it. Blackberries and peaches were ripe then, so maybe something was hungry and it thought we were being too noisy too early. But it never saw anything uh, from the tree line. Never saw anything. Uh, when I saw that thing on the hill and went into the cabin, my great-grandmother said something to the effect of boogers. Uh, friends where we were stationed had me listen to the Bigfoot Outlaws that Matt was hosting back in 2015 and uh, a person on that show was from the South and called them boogers. It was an instant flashback and blew my mind. Wow. Man, wow. Yeah, that's one thing that's kind of crazy about some like a story like that. It's because, you know, you saw something and your mind, you know, immediately went to human. And to me, that is the most fascinating thing of like, if I saw something that was hairy in the woods and it had a human-like face... To me, that's kind of crazy, and like that's a like I appreciate that story because you know, especially up there in Missouri and you know that kind of wilderness country in the Ozarks, um, you know I've shared stories, uh, you know, of, you know of hearing people tell me stories when I was when I was in the Ozarks, so and you know to get the stuff thrown at you and you know have that large concrete you know uh, or that large tree, you know basically being put in a place where like like how can someone carry this tree in a matter of a couple hours it would take you know a crane but i appreciate you telling those stories um and uh we're gonna move on to the next one but yeah thank you i appreciate that story all right guys final story of the episode so all so this person has, sh- has shared multiple stories and i have told uh, one of their stories on on the first uh Part one of, of This is Creepy. So go back and listen to that one. It has to deal with uh, native medicine. So um, this is the this is another story by this person. So, so all the paranormal uh, made me really interested in religion. And what all alternative things are out there. So, uh, are out there. So in high school I dabbled a little bit. I called a boyfriend back to me with medicine. I thought I was super in love with my, my first ever boyfriend. I heard about doctoring 
uh, tobacco and blowing the smoke at him. I decided a medicine man is a human being just as much as I am a human being, so I gave it a go on my own. Non-denominal churches tell you that God is no respecter of persons, also that we are made in the God, we are made in the image of God, uh, who spoke creation into existence. So I decided I could speak and make something happen. So I did. Some weak version of my attempt. A particular flower that was in spring, that was in season in spring, uh, that we uh, where we like to hang out. Tobacco I had prayed over myself. I made my little offerings of tobacco to the spirits to help me. I don't remember what else I did, but I created a ritual with intention and smoked some of the tobacco I put out there and, and blew it where he lived. Nothing happened. I forgot about it. Ten years uh, exactly go by, and he showed up in my life, pretty much out of nowhere. He was homeless. Um, he had showed up back in town after leaving his wife. They broke up for some of the dumbest reasons I have ever heard in my entire life. I let him stay the night at my house, and I dropped him off at his friend's house the next day. He was missing He was missing his, one of his front two teeth, um, and he was just beat up and in bad shape. Lord, I felt so guilty, guilty uh, that I sort of felt like I ruined his life. He had started staying at my house at this point, and I don't even know how it happened. He asked me to be his girlfriend. I don't know why I said yes, but I did. He was all moochy, and it literally drove me crazy. He was really a sad sack of character, and I really felt bad, like it was my fault. He made his decisions and everything, but my little spell slowly brought him back to the place where he would be with me. At least that was what I was thinking. He had stayed one night with friends, and it was like 2 in the morning. I was awake, in the shower actually, and my son came on... The door knocking to tell me that some guy was outside knocking on my bedroom window and freaking him out. So I tell him to go lay down and I'll take care of him. I quickly throw out a towel, throw on a towel, and go let him in. He walks in across he walked all the way across town, drunk as a skunk. He cried all night in my lap over losing his wife and kids, which I totally deserve. But I had to get rid of him because I can't have drunk dudes showing up and scaring my kids. I guess that one is kind of bad, and I hurt him, but yeah, stupid decisions, young and dumb, ego, or young and dumb, and had ego, um, but I didn't know it could take years for medicine to work. Wow. I had to bring some heat with y'all. Um, I know, you know, that's one thing about that, and I appreciate this person, you know, sharing the story with me, you know, because one thing that's kind of, you know, I think is, you know, like people... In this new, like I said, I mentioned New Age earlier. You know, it's having a level of kind of respect for things that are not normal knowledge. Um, but I, like I said, I know you know that that maybe this you know story may that story may offend some people, especially you know I know when it comes to medicine and talking about it. Um, but I I believe that this story like this is one that needs to be told because it keeps someone else from doing that and possibly, like I said possibly ruining someone's life by by doing this to them so i appreciate this person coming forward I, like i said completely anonymous um but i appreciate that person telling the story anyways so we come to the end of the of this episode this is creepy part two um there will be a part three um if you have a story that you would like for me to tell um please tell it uh, and you, like I said, you can be anonymous. Most people on on this episode were anonymous because they wanted, you know, they wanted to be. Um, I think one thing about telling, you know, telling your story and telling, you know, your truth, um, sometimes, you know, 
catching a little heat for that. And I know, you know, some people can make fun of you or whatever, but, you know, if you tell me your story, I, I will 100% believe you most of the time. Um, you know, I believe, you know, basically every story that was told and every story that's been telling me because, there's, you know, I have other stories to, you know, to back that up and to make sense of, of, of your story. So if you have a story, you know, and you're like, man, I've really been wanting to tell this story, but like I don't want to do it, you know, in front of everybody or have my name attached to it, tell it anonymously, if I can say the word, anonymously, uh, and I'll share it. I'll share that story and, you know, and, you know, share it to the best of my abilities, you know, much like these the people that shared these stories on this episode as they wrote this story out in great detail. Um, and then, you know, I sometimes ask questions. It's just how I am. But, um, but I hope you guys enjoyed um, part two of this series. You know, like I said, it's one of my favorite. I think, you know, some a lot of these stories, you know, you know, they brought the heat. Um, but you can follow me on Facebook, Yehola Tiger, TikTok, One Man Band 918. Also on Twitter, that's the same handle, uh, One Man Band 918. Um, if you have a story, send me an email, uh, Yehola Tiger at gmail.com, or message me on Facebook, Yehola Tiger on Facebook. Uh, let me know you listen to the podcast and you want to add me as a friend. You can do that, and I'll, uh, I'll accept it. And Shoot, if you, I may say, hey, you got a story? You know, I may just hit you up, you know, see if you got a story or, you know, you just want to talk about something. But I appreciate everybody that's listening to the podcast. It means a lot to me, and uh, I'll catch you on the next one.